This episode of Says Who, as every episode of Says Who Is, is brought to you by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who, our Patreon, where every Sunday you get a whole nother episode of Says Who if you give at the five or $10 a month level, and that $10 a month level also gets you a sticker every month in your mailbox, packed by my teen and sent by me, because we like you. Patreon.com slash says who. Dan, have you heard about books? I have heard about books. They're this thing. Yeah. <sighs> the Box in the Woods, Dan, it's coming out on June 15th, and yeah. we are now, um, I'm about to... I'm about to get all the links to put up about signed copies and yeah, um, you know we're gonna have this box in the woods discussion group on the says who Discord. So you, it's it's already got a whole bunch of people signed up. It's really exciting. So it's gonna be private just for use. That's fun. Let books. me tell you something about books, Maureen. I want to hear it. I started a new book last night. It's very oh. entertaining, and it's called Hello, Cruel Heart. Oh, boy. It takes boy. place in Swing in London, and it's written by Maureen Johnson, well, sounds and like I a, was having fun reading it. Sounds like a real dirtbag wrote that there book. Well, you know, potato, potato. Mm-hmm. Let me also tell you about merch because we have it and you can go to merch.saysuppodcast.com and you can get it. That's the whole thing about merch. Merch. It's a thing. Hello? What? What? Oh, Jesus Christ. Like, where's that voice coming from? Jesus, really? Is it the feds again? No. I don't let you in this time. Rudy, I thought they took your fucking phones. What? Where is this? Where is Rudy, this voice coming? It's Steve. Oh, oh, look. Whoa. Oh, you're coming out of my pocket, Steve. What are you doing there? How is it you don't know how? You have so I, many phones. How did you get so small? Oh, Christ. Rudy, how, they thought they took your phones. They didn't check my pockets. Oh, nobody wants to check your pockets, Rudy. I invited them to. Oh, I know you did. I said, reach in deep, guys. Oh, Christ. What do you want? I know. Well, I was just thinking, Steve. I was thinking about the fact that, uh, well, I might need a job. You owe me money. And there's an opening for mayor in New York City. Oh, no. I was just reading about everyone running, and, well, I think I might have a chance at it. What do you think? Rudy, no. The feds have taken all your phones except this one. You're, no, Rudy, no. You're not going to be American. Everybody knows you now. Everyone loves me. They love me, Steve. They love me. The last time they saw you, you had hair dye running down your face. Listen, that's a good look. Summertime in the city, everyone's used to stuff melting. No, they're not. Melting everywhere is just a New York way. You walk out, shit starts melting. Two. Go out of the subway, shit starts melting. It's very reliable. You're probably going to get arrested. You know that, right? Listen, that just seems like a, like a little bump in the road, Steve. Mm -hmm. Just a bump in. Have you seen the people that are running? 
I mean, I take your point, but they're still not going to elect you. Just seems easy. <sighs> a lot of things seem easy, but the feds are coming for you. You know what's a great place to get away from the feds is a boat. You don't have a boat, do you? Uh, you got a... Is that an invite? Is that an invite? No. I'll be right there! No, it's not an invite. It's... Let me just get my little floaty on. Oh, boy. Yeah, get your float... Oh, you know what? Yeah, it is an invite. I'll meet you in the middle of the East River. Okay. So just go to the... Get your floaty on right. and yeah. jump on in and just go to the middle yeah. and wait for me. Okay. I'll be there. How long? Real soon. Go right away. Okay. And just... Going. <laughs> what if my phone gets wet? Don't worry. They're all waterproof. I don't... Don't worry, I'll be able to see you. Well, I think that's it's true. true. <laughs> All right, let's go. All right. <laughs> Summertime. <laughs> Splashdown. <laughs> see you soon. Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I am Dan Sinker. And I'm Maureen Johnson, and your throat hurts now. Yeah, Rudy. Rudy makes my throat hurt. I don't know why. Oh, it Every like voice it's... I do on this podcast involves me ripping my throat apart. Well, it seems healthy. Doesn't. Doesn't. Dan, can we have a mm -hmm. quick Maureen's Facebook corner to start off? Oh, boy. <laughs> sure. Because why not start off well, on a good foot? Well, it has to do with this. So one of the people I follow with interest likes to run and they put up every day a lot of those graphics with an uh, with a with a inspirational phrase in them. OK, so this it, is a hate follow. It's mm, this one's not a super hate follow. This is the person that got covid because of their obsessed. Like they're okay. like, what if I did indoor dining constantly and without mm -hmm. pause. Yeah, weird. And then was like, oh, huh. I got COVID and I don't know how, that yeah. person. Yeah. Well, this person runs a lot and they mean well, but here's the motivational graphic that they put out today to really get you excited about running. Yeah. Crawling is acceptable. Falling is acceptable. Puking is acceptable. Crying is acceptable. Blood is acceptable. Pain is acceptable. Quitting is not. Hmm. And I thought that seems like maybe. Is that what running is? Just puking and bleeding and crying and crawling? Because. Seems like that person might want to reprioritize a little bit. Someone made that graphic, Dan. I've no. seen it before. And sure. I'm like, are runners OK? <laughs> Because if you're puking and bleeding and crawling along. I mean, I do know that puking that seems to be a part of the running experience on a fairly regular basis. Because you're jostling up your belly a lot. Right. But and if you're covered in blood and crawling and barfing. Yeah, that seems. Is that a sport? It's a gross sport. <sighs> Maureen Johnson. Hmm. I want to talk about the fact that science is great. All right. And vaccines are now available for 12 to 15 year olds. Oh, yeah. Kids, for all those kids listening, 
It's nothing says kids show like says who. Go get that shot. Soon. Then maybe children. Well, I think it's still going to be a little bit longer for that. Uh, I was reading Pfizer says they expect data from their studies by September or October, which then would assume that they could put in for uh, some sort of emergency thing. But yeah, we're still talking fall for fall for little ones. We have a we have a three out of four Vax family over here, and it's a long wait for that fourth. Mm. But it's happening. It's happening. Vaxing all over the place. Things are happening. I mean, Dan, as I told you right before we started, I have an actual human visitor in this house right now. I I I thought perhaps you had a ghost, but mm. then I actually saw the human visitor on your webcam. Yeah. Yep. That's exciting. A fully vaccinated friend came to see her family and is staying with me for the night. Stayed last night. And it's been a while. They like the wild. camping table in your uh, living room. Obviously very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> and over here. Come on, I'll show you because you can fold it up and you can stick it behind the other table. Or if you want, we can go and put it behind the water cubes. That's the emergency water storage. We can drink some later if you want. But our faucets work too. Whatever you want. It's pretty cool. Anyway, do you want to see the beans again? Um, so uh, I have showed her the folding bike. Um, and... Yeah, it's been um, it's been very exciting, and I was so excited about this because I knew she was coming for a while. Yeah, and uh, I was Dan. I had this whole thing planned. I was like, "We're going to order. We're going to order food in, and we're going to get something really fun that we wouldn't or, or like that she can't normally get where she lives, and it's yeah. going to be great." And so last night around six thirty, I'm like, "All right, let's order dinner. It's going to be so, you know what I mean when you have like a plan where you're like." Sure. We're going to order like a really fun meal and we're all yeah. going to sit around and eat it. And so we discussed what we wanted and we finally were like, we're going to order from this one, this vegetarian Chinese place then that is very magical. It is not healthy, mm. but my God, it is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's basically imagine your favorite Chinatown place, but they've magically transferred everything into vegetarian versions. Like they make, yeah. they make these Chinese ribs that tastes like ribs, but they're not meat. Like, I don't know how they do it. It's magic. There used to be a, there used to be a vegetarian place in Chinatown here that was the same, same deal. And their ribs were not only did they taste just like ribs, but they had a crispy part in the middle yeah. where the bone would be oh, and the meaty part around that crispy part. And it was a real magical thing for sure. Well, we gathered all of our, we, we put the order in. Like we started talking about it around 630 because we were all hungry. We're like, okay. And then around 715, we finally got the order together and put it in. And we were all excited with our, we were holding up our forks and we were waiting and we were waiting and we were talking and we were waiting. And then suddenly I'm like, Hey, it's like, oh, it's around 830 now. And where's the food? So I start trying to find out where the food is. And they're like, someone's going to go to the, the store and get the food. Like I'm following on the map. And then finally I wrote to the the delivery or you know thing and I was like, um, I don't want to be that person, but I'm just trying to figure out where this food is because it's almost nine o'clock. Yeah. And they're like, well, the person is definitely there waiting for it. And I was like, okay. okay, but this place is normally really quick. And so it went on and on, Dan. And finally, what happened was 
the delivery place, and this has never happened before, ever, yeah. and we use this all the time, their system didn't recognize the fact that this restaurant was closed. Oh. And they'd processed our order, and they'd sent someone to a closed restaurant to stand around, and... um. So we found out around 9.30 that there was no food coming. So we're oh, like, no. so we're like, okay, let's find some more food. And then we like looked and tried to find some more food and we ordered somewhere else. And then we ended up, the only place that was kind of still delivering that worked was a delicious Indian street food place. But okay. that got there at almost just after 10 o'clock. And let me tell you, Dan, maybe what you don't want is a giant old curry <laughs> right around 10, 15 <laughs> at night. Yeah, that, that might not sit so well. So I just feel like I was so excited about the one visit. We were going to have this dinner with somebody else. Yeah. We were so excited. So around around 1030, we were all sitting there kind of. Now, Oscar not only ate every bite, but like ate it in five minutes because that is how Oscar always eats like he knows something you don't. So he's just he can eat anything anytime. But my friend and I were like, we'll have a bit, but it is 1030 and this is delicious, but it is heavy. Like it is spectacularly good. But and a then bit it was a whole visitor night of welcome to Maureen and Oscar's fart palace. <laughs> he didn't eat very much. I had a little rice. Like, I, I, I was visiting Maureen. It was fine. They just, they're really gassy. I just had a little bit of non bread and yogurt mostly. It was good All right. though. It was tasty. Anyway, yeah. that's my story of you know when you really save up for something like an experience where you're like, it's gonna be so great. Yeah. And it just exploded. Yeah. I know that feeling well. We um we are joining you in the folding furniture department, Maureen. Mm. We uh it was Mother's Day this weekend, and uh, one of the things that we got Janice was a collapsible outdoor, uh, like, like you know those little foldy chairs that mm -hmm. are like kind of accordiony. It's that, but it's uh, it's it's a double wide. It's like a mm -hmm. it's like I, a foldy couch. I just saw one of those for the first time and very yeah. nearly bought it. It's nice, and uh, but it was cold this weekend, and specifically quite cold and rainy on Sunday. And so we set it up in the living room, and our living room is already very full. And uh, the couch we have, which I think I've talked about before, has a hole approximately the size of a child in it mm -hmm. at this point. Uh, but it is a it is like a couch that has like a chaise end to it and so we set up the folding couch at the edge of the chaise and then we made a joke about how it was like we had theater seating because there was suddenly there was like seating in front of the other seating and now the five-year-old is like our theater seating like he's just fully accepted that we now have theater seating in our living room and now it's like shit we're never getting this out of here our folding our folding furniture Ah, oh. Dan, I, we're also going to go see my family this week. Man, you I are know. just, you're in it. You're in it to I, win it now. It, it feels really weird. I, uh, I have only done things like hang out at the urgent care for two hours. Mm. That kind of thing. We, uh, we did get some Middle Eastern food for 
Mother's Day. And uh, it's a place that has only been pickup the whole time. And it's a little bit chaotic, but we were like, we can go. And it was full bore chaos zone. Like just people every like it was bananas. And uh, both Janice and I went to do the pickup and we were like, well, I'm glad that we're vaxxed because it was. uh, I bet it was that place you took me when I visited you. Oh, shit. It was that place. A really good falafel place. Yes, extremely good falafel. It was chaotic enough that when we finally got home, we not only had our order in the bag, but we also had um, at least one other person's order in our bag. So we ended up not only with our sandwiches, but with a dozen additional falafel balls and an entire gigantic salad and all this stuff. And I will say for all the full... Full bore chaos. It was like 30 minutes of just sort of wild time waiting for this food. Um, man, we've been eating falafel ever since. That's a lot of falafel. Good time. It is a lot of falafel, but it's been good. It's been good, Maureen. I'm excited to give you an update. You know what? I just want to preface New this York by- mayoral yeah. race. Go fuck yourself, Dan. <laughs> it's, I'm just trying to keep you- an informed citizen. This is important. It's your civic duty, Maureen. I hate you. <laughs> Every four years, you all have an option to elect a new clown. There were other options, but New York seems to not opt into those. But new clown time. The New York Times today interviewed every candidate uh, and asked everyone the very same questions. One of those questions was what the median home price in Brooklyn is. I can't look. I just can't deal with this. Two of your fine candidates, uh, a former Citigroup exec named Ray McGuire and the former U.S. Housing and Urban Development head, Mm -mm. Sean Donovan. Nope. Donovan answered, well, 80 to 90,000. This is the median home price in Brooklyn, mm. New York City. Mm-hmm. 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 And Ray mm-hmm. McGuire answered $100,000. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The actual answer, $900,000. Mm-hmm. They were off by basically a factor of 10. <sighs> yeah. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. I'm glad you're running for mayor of New York, but I will tell you there is good news in all of this, Maureen, Mm. because Andrew Yang nailed it. Hit the number exactly on the head. Yeah. In his answer, he was like, well, I'm the math guy. And then he was the math guy. So congratulations. I would have answered 1.1 million. Yeah. There were a couple of people that went a little bit over which seems entirely reasonable as well. Just as, just assume that everything in New York is just it, it you it's like, well, it doesn't have a floor or a ceiling and are you fully committed to having a toilet? But in any case, it's uh it's about 2 million dollars. I mean, I can't even think of when the median price of a home in Brooklyn would have been $100,000. Oh, I would imagine probably in the 60s. 
I mean, it, it, I I would guess there are some American cities that you could that the median price is around a hundred thousand, but they are not big cities by any measure. Dan, when I one time when I was first looking for an apartment in Astoria, in Queens, where I lived for a while, yeah, this was quite a while ago, but I was I was being shown around by a realtor. And this was a real apartment they took me to. They, they're like, well, you know, it needs some work. And this is a rental. Yeah. The refrigerator. So it was like a this very oddly shaped apartment. And the refrigerator was directly across from the bathroom. Sure. Like by about four feet. It's handy. So you had to kind of squeeze through this passageway between. So you couldn't like open the bathroom door and the refrigerator at the same time. But oh, that wasn't me. even the weirdest part of this apartment then. There was in one corner of the living room a basketball sized hole in the floor. Hmm. And the guy was like, Well, you're gonna need to put a chair or something over that. Was it you could see into the apartment below? Yes. Whoa. It was a basketball sized sure. hole in the floor. You could really get to know your neighbors. You could if something if something rolled, it would literally just fall through. But his, their advice was put a chair over it. Yeah. Well, I mean, then you're sitting instead of falling. Like, just, they just were like, that's not a problem. Yeah, that's the hole. That's the hole. That's, that's, that's when well, when we listed it and it said it had a view, that's the view. That's the view. What People don't understand that when you live in New York, you have to reset your expectations. Yeah. That you're not getting what normal people get. You're not. You're not going to get everything you expect. In uh, in people's outcry around these answers, which are just as disqualifying as an answer could possibly get, uh, they were able to find one listed property in all of Brooklyn for a hundred thousand dollars, and it was a parking space. Mm -hmm. That sounds about right. One time, my friend's stove didn't work for four years. Oh. Because she had such a good price, like, rate on her apartment that she'd been there so long. Her landlord was like, well, I'm just not going to do anything for you <laughs> to try to get you to leave. So her stove didn't work for four years. Oh, you know, hot That's pad. what it's like living in New York. <laughs> it's good. It's good. City of dreams. Yeah. Greatest city in the world. If you want to kind of live in a in a basic like where i live is it's really nice but it's like it's just like a really nice functional place to live yeah but it takes a, lo a, a long time to figure out how to get that place and all of your money <laughs> yeah well i think it's important then that the person the, the people Runs that the are city. running to become the mm -hmm. mayor have no clue whatsoever i could have gotten the number quite close i would mm -hmm. guess I would have probably said, I probably would have shot over, but I would have been close. This city is largely being eaten by predatory real estate practices. Right. So, you know, it is one of the major concerns here is that everybody is, all businesses and people are driven out. And what we have are a lot of city banks. Right. So, you know, it's good that they don't know how much. Yeah. It, you know what? It's fine. I've accepted it, Dan. Mayor Yang is on his way. <laughs> Jesus. Have fun. Have fun.
Well, Dad, is that all that was happening this week? Well, Maureen Johnson. Mm -hmm. It was a real dumb week for pieces of shit with computers. Oh. Would you like me to tell you about that? Yes, I would, actually. Well, I've got two, not just one dumb story, but two. The first involves our former president, Donald Trump. (laughs) When last anyone heard from him, he was uh, thrown off of all of social media, (laughs) promised to return, and uh, wreak fiery vengeance upon those that threw him off with, uh, with a technology tour de force. Well, he finally launched what they build as a new communications platform and, quote, a beacon of freedom where he and his supporters could, quote, freely and safely speak. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it is a blog. (laughs) It is a blog. It is only a blog. It is literally like they were basically just like trump.blogspot.com done. Fuck y'all. Except they don't think they could have done it because Google probably would have kicked them off. Uh, They launched it at their own website with my favorite URL ever Mm -hmm. slash desk. Because it's, it's from the desk of Donald Trump. So the URL is like, I don't know, donaldjtrump.com slash desk. I didn't even know that slash was a. Well, like if you like if I went to maureenjohnsonbooks.com and then Mm -hmm. I went to slash books and you would list your books. I'm sorry. You're saying slash and I'm looking at the notes. There's a dash and my brain just said, oh, is there a new suffix that's a dash? No, I was that's so not, confused, Dan. It's not how it works. I'm so okay. confused. Anyway, slash desk. I love it. I might have to make dancinker.com slash desk. <laughs> Just have a photo of my desk. It's, I, it is a banger. I like slash desk a lot, I mm-hmm. have to admit. I laughed heartily when I saw that. Anyway, it is essentially a shadow Twitter where he is just continuing to grind the election stolen axe to an ever dwindling audience, except it's not Twitter because nobody can reply to anything he says. (laughs) And one would have to imagine Mm. there is no, he can't fought like nobody's on it, but him, right? Like it is just an empty space (laughs) for him to throw. Are you dying? (laughs) Oh no. I choked. Oh no! It made me choke. I took a sip of water, and then you made me choke. <coughs> they've restricted the post to 280 characters. So, I mean, they've literally what? Yes, they have. They have redesigned Twitter just for him. Wait, he made his own blog site, but he can only have 250 characters. Yeah. Why? Because it's that's it. I well, I mean, one would assume that his brain is just simply addled to the point where he thinks in tweet length. It doesn't matter though. Like he doesn't, you don't, that's the, I don't, does he know that you can have as, you can use as many words as you want? (laughs) Probably not. Okay. But the, the thing to me, so they basically sort of recreated a little tiny bubble Twitter for him. 
except that he's not he can't follow anyone. Right. No one can at reply him. Mm-hmm. He can't retweet like people that love him all the time. So I'm not sure how long look it this. will really keep Donald, his interest. Donald Trump desk. All right, let's look here, Dan. From the desk of Donald J. Trump slash desk. Um, well, I'm looking at this, Dan. First of all, the little caption picture is that s- same dumb photo of him at a shiny desk writing something in Sharpie in a giant book that looks like a dictionary. Yeah, into a gilded, gilded edged book. Uh, and yeah, because of the way they've set it up, there is no kind of tracking of views or likes no, or none of it. Anything. Well, I think because you can't like it. I mean, none of that stuff is there. There's a heart. You can heart it. Okay. You can put a heart, but there's no kind of count on it. So, like, you can just heart it, I guess, just just let just yourself know that you like something. It's probably it's, not hooked up to much. It's been so long since I've seen his dumb words that... um. There is an interesting brain disconnect when you read it because you're like, this is incoherent. And then it's like, I used to find coherence in this. I used to, yeah, we used to have to look at this. This used to be not only something we had to look at, it was literally affecting our lives, but he is using it a lot. Let's see how many times he used it yesterday. I'm going to scroll down. So on the 10th of May, there's one, two, three, four, five. He did it five times yesterday. Yeah. This is an old man shouting into a bag. Literally. Like he's shouting into the into nothing. Yeah. He's completely just not tweeting all day long on a little weird blog site that they made for him. Yep. About nothing to presumably no one. Yeah. Like a couple people I'm sure look at it, but it's just um you can so send it one, to Facebook and you can you can send it to Twitter. Let's just I'm going to hit yeah, the Twitter so if icon. Click on that. It just does the same. It's like a gen, generic social media share button. It will just right. send a link to the post and kind of include the first three words or something. So they're yeah, they're trying to basically backdoor their way back in. Well, they really tried to backdoor their way in. They created a like at trumpdesk.com or something like that or not mm-hmm. .com <laughs> at trumpdesk. And uh, that got banned because Twitter's ban policy doesn't allow you to evade the ban. And they said that retweeting Trump's fake Twitter into Twitter was the equivalent of evading the ban. Well, I mean, it is kind of encouraging that they are like hard maintaining that. Yeah, no, they, they seem to be on it. This site also, by the way, Built by Brad Parscale. Oh, boy. Or Donald Trump. It's good to know that old shirtless, shirtless Brad, who I'm still in my head, Ken, and he's still got arrested for breaking into an alligator farm. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, he's back. And uh, I'm sure overcharging significantly Mm. for for the like install of WordPress that he put together for the former president. This was all, they launched it the day before the Facebook Oversight Board, which Mm. is a new quasi-legal body Mm. that uh, has been given oversight of Facebook's 
uh, decision making. They were supposed to issue a ruling Mm -hmm. on Trump's indefinite suspension from Facebook, which happened just after the insurrection on January 6th. He wasn't just banned from Twitter. He was banned from Facebook and and a few other things as well. Uh, And so this thing launched the day before everyone was waiting. They had announced they were going to put this decision out at 9 a.m. on on that Wednesday. And and, uh, it came out. And uh, while it has been reported that they upheld the suspension, really, they just punted the whole fucking thing back to management. They said that uh, an indefinite suspension isn't really a thing and that Facebook needs to make up its mind. They either need to set up a system or a timeline for ending the suspension or they need to permanently ban him. They can't just kind of keep him in a you are suspended until you are not suspended kind of uh, he's, thing. he's in the phantom zone. He is definitely in the phantom zone. They have given Facebook six months to actually come up with a policy that they can then enforce on him. So I like to think of him in the phantom zone, just in that little flashing shard spinning through space with Rudy and slash zone slash desk slash zone <laughs> slash phantom <laughs> backslash. But Maureen, Donald Trump is not the only guy back on the internet this week. Okay. After a month of delays, Frank, the weirdly named website by the My Pillow guy, mm-hmm. Mike Lindell, launched yesterday at a live event held at South Dakota's Corn Palace mm-hmm. to a crowd of about a thousand people. Awesome. In a venue that can hold 3,000. Didn't he say that 30,000 people were going to turn up or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Even though it only holds three. Right. And even once even once the crowd had finished filtering in and the, the, the space was clearly half full at best, he kept talking about how there were thousands of people lined up outside. Mm. It was not due to any sort of COVID restriction either, because this is South Dakota and anything goes. Right. But the event... Maureen Johnson featured a 90-minute speech by Lindell. Fun. I don't know why you wouldn't turn up for that. Fun. And a live musical performance by Joe Piscopo. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> this is you... the benefit of not looking at the notes beforehand, where you're like, wait, I'm sorry? Joe Piscopo, beloved member of the Saturday Night Live cast from 1980. I feel like you just, your brain just shut off. Damn. Who who doesn't love Joe Piscopo, Maureen? He revived his Frank Sinatra imitation that made him famous on Saturday Night Live 40 years ago. Nothing connects with the kids these days. Like... Skewer and old blue eyes. What? How do you think you end up with Joe Piscopo performing at your event? How many no's did you go through before you get to Joe Piscopo? That sounds like a a cut song from a musical. 
How many no's do you go through before you end up with Joe Piscopo? Did you go to the cast of Perfect Strangers? <laughs> Did you try to find someone who was once on an episode of The Facts of Life? <laughs> The cast of Three's Company in the seventh season. Did it have a seventh season? I don't know. <laughs> Where do you go to end up with Episcopo? I, uh, in. And also, most people here will be like, what's a Joe Piscopo? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I, I found out that Joe Piscopo was the performer because the teen said to me, he had some lounge singer perform. And mm. I was like, who? What? And then I looked up and I'm like, oh, that was Joe Piscopo doing his world-renowned imitation of a lounge singer. Yeah. So there was this, it seems like Saturday Night Live, which has been through many iterations, it started in 1975 and it was like super good in the beginning. And they were all really talented. And yeah. then, then, um, it, then it was written entirely by cocaine for a while, and they I mean, hired. I think that was true in '75 too. Yeah. Well, they don't think they had any money just for cheaper it. Cheaper cocaine. And then they got some money, and then, but then it was just then an actual bag of cocaine started writing it, not just people <laughs> on it. And then they just got this whole new cast of randos. Yeah. And I think the only person that really kind of emerged, well, there, are, I guess, a couple famous people emerged from it, but Joe Piscopo was not one of them. Well, I mean, to be fair, he was, I think that 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 there was a two year window or so where Eddie Murphy and Joe Piscopo were like the high bar of comedy hmm. in the United States. But as one, you one a little out higher aptly, than the other cocaine drove a lot of that. Yeah. And I think all he did, I don't I, I didn't watch it like it was. I just know that he just did a thing where. He pretended to be Frank Sinatra, and that's all I know. Yeah, that's all I can remember. He then, uh, the only other notable thing that I can think of that Joe Piscopo ever did was there was an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation mm. when they started really leaning heavily into the holodeck, I think, because mm. most of the cast was bored and wanted to do other shit. Right. Uh, where I believe Data, the sentient robot wanted to learn how to tell jokes and they conjured up a holographic Joe Piscopo. To I'm sorry. Teach him comedy. I'm sorry. I think that that's right. You know, it's what you do. So what you're telling me is that the, I just want to summarize what we've been saying so far. Yeah. First is that somebody, Oh no. Florida bread having been rescued from the alligator farm, set up a blog for Trump to type at no one at slash desk. Meanwhile, yeah. the my pillow guy went to the corn palace where nobody showed up to watch Joe Piscopo pretend to be Frank Sinatra. Yep. All in service of announcing a new social media network. Yeah. Called Frank. Also worth pointing out that it was held at a venue that's claimed to fame is that every year they glue new pieces of corn to the outside of it. Okay. The Corn Palace in Mitchell, South Dakota, which I have been to twice. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it is over 100 years old. 
Mm -hmm. And it is a uh, every year they design they they get a I believe like a South Dakota artist to design a new mural that is then reconstructed out of dried corn husks and mm -hmm. glued to the side of the building. All right. And the mural is usually both a sort of uh, South Dakota pride and jingoistic Americana style uh, style of corn art. Okay. Well, I don't have any questions. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's really weird. Mm -hmm. It is, the Corn Palace is like the number three tourist attraction in a state that is known for like the number one of Mount Rushmore and the number two of wall drug. Mm. And then, uh, and then you kind of have a very, you, then there's a lot of nothing and then you get the corn palace. I don't have any questions. Yeah. So Frank sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. So Frank, um, the ambition of Frank and the reality of Frank is a little disparate. So this Corn Palace launch with star-studded Joe Piscopo Corn Palace launch uh, is actually about a month after they started trying to launch Frank. Uh, Lindell made the rounds of conservative podcasting, mm -hmm. um, describing it as a place where, quote, everyone is going to be able to talk freely and, quote, you are going to be able to speak out and have opinions. Mm -hmm. Uh he was adamant, however, that you won't be able to swear and you won't be able to, quote, take the Lord's name in vain. Okay. Which, <laughs> honestly, if you really begin to think about how would you automate a policy of not allowing taking the Lord's name in vain, mm -hmm. that is a non-insignificant technical problem. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. you can't just whitelist or blacklist Jesus or mm -hmm. something right. or God, right. as one would assume that there are plenty of non-blasphemous ways of making that reference. Yep. So I'm not entirely sure how you would do it unless it is just a blacklist on saying God damn or God damn it. But um, anyway, he promised that Frank would replace both Twitter and YouTube explaining, quote, you're going to have your own like YouTube channel only that's your Twitter handle. Wait, what? Okay, say mm -hmm. that again. You're going to have your own like YouTube channel. Only that's your Twitter handle. Okay. I'm going to need to s slow down for a second. Okay. Your. Okay, now I'm just going to go through this myself. You're going to have your own like YouTube channel. So is it videos? I guess is my first question. I think he means it's videos. Okay. It's like a YouTube channel. But you'll have a video. Only that's your Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the confusion here. So while that we see on the surface that it makes no sense. Is what he's is he suggesting that you're going to be constantly tweeting like videos? I mean, you're really probably thinking this through a little bit more than he has. But what he did vow. What he is describing is Instagram or TikTok. You know, he I don't think he knows those exist. He's describing exactly TikTok yeah. in a lot of ways, if mm -hmm. I'm understanding it. Uh, well, he believes in his vision enough to say that he was going to put both YouTube and Twitter out of business. 
with the launch of Frank, where you get your own YouTube channel, but it's your Twitter handle. Uh, but they ran into some issues uh, pretty much from jump. It didn't launch when they said it was going to launch. Uh, and then it didn't launch after that. He blamed it on what he called probably the biggest cyber attack ever, despite the fact that he also claimed to have spent millions on cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. Uh, they pushed the launch back a week and still it didn't launch. Then he promised to live stream until the site launched and live streamed for 48 hours. No, he didn't. He did. No, he didn't. I, 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 it's unclear to me if maybe he had look people this. take over while he was sleeping or something, but like, like Jerry Lewis used to do when he would yeah, do like, like the- a telethon style, right, 48 okay. hours. It included an unscreened call in number and that went about as well as you would expect. All right, hold on. Say, Frank, <laughs> I hate you for making me look this up. Let's look at it. Uh, my pillows, Frank, Frank website. Okay, here it is. Frank, the voice of free speech. So you submit your mobile phone number to access Frank and watch Lindell TV live. Right. So therein lies the Mm -hmm. next part of Frank. So they launched at the Corn Palace Mm -hmm. under the dulcet tones of Joe Piscopo's Frank Sinatra. Mm -hmm. And they launched a blog. There is no... YouTube channel, that's your Twitter handle. There is no account system. You can't post anything. The only person that can post is Mike Lindell. Okay, so, wait a minute. You can't talk on it? No. But, okay, so... (laughs) It's just uh, his videos, including uh, a link to his two-hour documentary about the election Mm -hmm. that first aired on One America News because he paid to air it. As I've Um, told you, Trump-loving relative loves One America News, and I have seen that you can get anything on One America News for probably $20. Yeah, so he bought the airtime to air it on One America News. One America News, which was already at this point under a cease and desist by uh, the Dominion voting system actually ran a disclaimer ahead of the video. Um, The video, by the way, we didn't really talk about this. It's a two hour long documentary that he claims to have made in five days. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dan, I just want to ask you one more time. I'm looking at a site where you give Mike Lindell your phone number Mm -hmm. so you can be a part of his new thing where you have a youtube channel but it's a twitter handle and you can't actually do anything except watch him talk there's it is interesting how twice in the last week the much ballyhooed re-grab of social media and a new new safe places for the right to talk both just launched in their blocks i don't understand maybe anything i don't know you know. So, okay. Sure. So it's a social media network where you can speak freely, except you can't see it. You can't say anything, Mm-mm. but also you've given Mike Lindell your phone number. Right. That said, he has been able to figure out how to make it. So no user takes the Lord's name in vain. Because so, he's the only, because he's user. the only user. Right. Okay. Well, I guess that explains it. Yeah. Huh? So does he not know what a social media network is? 
I mean, neither him nor Donald Trump's people seem to know what a right. social media network is. They is they both made the same promises. Right. And they both delivered blogs. Dan, we are. It was only. What month was it that we saw? Um, the uh, Four Seasons total landscape. That was November. So in November, we saw Four Seasons total landscaping. Yep. By January, Trump Trumpers were literally crawling up the Capitol walls and pooping in the hallways. Yep. Um, and now, having been banished to the Phantom Zone, they are right. creating social media networks out of, I don't know, string? Like, yeah. It's just... And scraps that they found, like 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 thimbles and leaves yeah. and sticks. Lindell claims that he has spent millions of dollars on this. Mm, I, you know what? I don't think I disbelieve him. I fully believe him. I believe he that someone came sold. along and was yeah. like, "Okay, sure, Mike. Yeah, we can do that. No problem, Mike." Dan, these fuckers are going to be back in three and a half years' time. Before oh, that, that long? Yeah. One of these fuckers is going to be running. It may be Mike. He, I think he he is from Minnesota, and he has at least made a few uh, overtures toward the idea of running for governor of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Maybe he can be our mayor. There you go. He probably hey, would be able to guess the median price of a home in Brooklyn a little more than $80,000. Is it $25? <sighs> Joe Piscopo. I don't understand, Dan. I, in order, I was like, maybe I am not, uh, well, not maybe, certainly I am not looped into right-wing media circles. So maybe Joe Piscopo has a larger film filmic footprint than i knew like no, maybe he still so. has some level of cultural re relevance within like like kurt cameron from mm. growing pains right like he is still a relevant cultural figure within a very small evangelical cloistered community where he makes films for that community right i don't think joe piscopo has set up his own yeah right. Kurt cameron is constantly making left behind movies right so i looked up Joe Piscopo's IMDb, right. and that is a fucking sad desert of an IMDb for someone that for a brief moment in time did hold cultural relevancy. Granted, it was 40 years ago, right. but he has credits like three different roles on various uh, Law and Order episodes in one year. So like somebody forgettable enough that you can just cast him three times. Right. Yeah. Uh voice acting credits on like Batman, the animated series where he's like janitor. Right. Yeah. He's, he's not done any real work in a very long time. And yet still, I don't understand how he gets the call. Uh, I think looking at Frank, the website, um, I think I might, I think I do. It is a very specific moment in time for me that the name Frank, the my first frame of reference for the for the name Frank unattached to anything else. I immediately go to the like mid 90s lesbian folk singer Frank. Mm -hmm. 
or the that is that is the, the only place my brain goes. The Amy Winehouse album, Frank. Okay, so her first album, I believe, was called Frank. There you go. Um, well, Dan, it seems like they're doing well. They're doing great. We are, we are two steps away from public access television. Uh, no, that's uh, that's. I think that's that would a be step a step up. up. Yeah, that's a step up. The thing that is truly mind-boggling to me in these ham-fisted and failed attempts at launching their own social networks, they could just join one of the fucking right-wing social networks that seem to be flourishing thanks Mm. to Nazis and everyone else, but they won't. Like, that is... They are like, we, yes, we're being silenced. Sure, we could join this thing that would have us in open arms and probably fucking add us to the profit share and everything. But what we really want is the things that we won't, that won't have us. And so we're instead going to say that we are launching a thing on our own that is going to put those places out of business just to show them. Does 4chan or 8chan, are they still in existence? Presumably, or? Uh, yeah, well, in in various weird ass forms, right. but yes, they could be there. They, they could, could be, be in a number of, yeah, Parlor and Gab are both around, mm-hmm. and they could certainly they could hang out with the turfs and the yeah and the Nazis think, and you would think people. that they would want to be with their people in that mix where they are just constantly worshipped but they don't want that. Like they literally don't want the people that would want them. This is, this is as smart as they, I think what it is, Dan, is that they were always stupid, but they were being propped up by other people, but now they're left to their own devices. And this is, this is what you get. Like, this is the level they were always at. Yeah. Oh yeah. And now we're just, now we're just, Dan, I don't know. Look, I live in Andrew Yang's town, and I, it's fine. It's Yangtown, baby. Forget about it, Dan. It's Yangtown. <laughs> it's fine. It's all fine. Says who? It's is brought to you by, by Frank. You. The it's, new social network. It is not. It's great. It's made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who, where every Sunday... You get a whole nother Maureen and Dan. If you give it the five or ten dollar a month level, that ten bucks a month gets you a sticker every month as well. And they are nice. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Our logo was designed by Darth. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email it hey, that is H E Y at says who podcast.com. You can join the discussion on Facebook. At slash groups slash says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. And Maureen mentioned it at the top of the show. If you want to join the fan run Discord server where there will be a box in the woods reading club, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. visit tinyurl.com slash says who Discord. And in the meantime, spread the word, subscribe, and please do leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And you can join us next Wednesday, May 19th, for our next episode. From Yangtown, I'm Maureen Johnson. And from my basement in Chicago, I am Dan Sinker. And this is Frank, the new network where you can only listen to the MyPillow guy. 
I've been outside the Corn Palace. It's mostly like a high school gym. I would just really worry if that place ever went on fire, to just be like the popping sounds would be. Oh, yeah. It is like, it, it is, imagine a building that is just. Made of dried corn? Made of dried corn <laughs> that is then shellacked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, add just a real flammable chemical oh, no, to the, your corn husks. The butter truck just crashed into it. <laughs> it's the great, the Mitchell, the Mitchell, South Dakota popcorn flood of oh, 2021. It was, it was tragic, but it was delicious.